This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Welcome to Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Tommy. And I'm Addie. And you're listening to Series 8, Episode 12, The Underdogs of Nar Shaddaa. We don't have any special announcements for you this week, so we'll be rolling right on into Words with a GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. This Words with a GM Hello. is about Series 8, Episode 11, A Vision of Hope. Jack Samar and El Kiri opened up a Jedi holocron to find uh, this universe's version of Grundlefug inside. Um, Grundlefug. And he had a vision for us and uh, to go along with that vision, a mission. And we had to start looking for answers and doing a little bit of legwork. Yeah, you know, I come from a background of running a whole lot of Shadowrun. And <laughs> uh, when you go to a place known as the Smuggler's Moon, it's hard not to lean on on those uh, tropes. Um, so, you know, I gave you guys uh, a mission from an information broker to go take down her rival. And you guys did a pretty good job gathering intel. In fact, one of those scenes is something I wanted to talk about a little bit. Uh, it's the scene where you meet with Nora Fleck. And um, without really any kind of uh, pre-planning or anything else, just kind of naturally, uh, Tan ends up taking the lead during that social interaction, um, which, you know, based on her stats on paper, uh, could have gone uh, poorly because, um, obviously, as has been demonstrated time and time again, uh, El Kiri is the primary social operator of the team. Um, and yet, it felt natural and appropriate for tan to step up and and speak with nora instead of el kiri and uh some people might notice that like during that scene i never made tan actually roll any dice to get nora to work with you and um that's a that's a thing i do sometimes as a gm uh with social situations depending on how the role play goes uh sometimes you don't actually need to roll dice depending on how the role play goes and what the circumstances of the situation are. Uh, for instance, uh, Nora Fleck, uh, like upon sizing you guys up, you know, would see Tan as almost like a kindred spirit, right? They both kind of have that like roughness about them, you know, gunslinger type uh, swagger. And then you have um, Hannah Solzin uh, vouch for you and say they're friends, they just have a couple questions. Uh, and all of that uh, puts you guys in a pretty good position to get what you're looking for from Nora, which is actually not that much, right? You're not asking her to risk her neck. You're not really asking her to put anything on the line. All you're asking is for her to tell you if she knows any other way besides the front door into a building she used to occupy. And so then it's just a matter of if they trust, if she trusts you or thinks that like maybe you're going to double cross her somehow. And that's, that's where the, her kind of like sizing you up comes into play a lot. For instance, if El Kiri was actually the one like who was doing the talking there, then uh, I may have called for a role just because like El Kiri and Nora aren't cut of the same cloth in the <laughs> same way that Tan is. And so uh, Nora may be inclined to be less trusted worthy of of El Kiri. You know, she's looking for a straight shooter. She's looking for uh, someone who's 
who's been through some shit. And, uh, and Tan just kind of exudes that. And so sometimes I reward my players for taking those kind of things into consideration. And on top of it, not always calling for social roles, depending on other circumstances, enables characters who don't necessarily have social skills on paper to get involved in scenes that feel like they should be in their element in. And then basically what it comes down to, whether or not I call for a role in those kind of situations, is ultimately um, how much are you trying to change the person you're speaking to? Are you trying to change their mind on something? Are you trying to convince them to do something they don't want to? Are you trying to sneak information from them that they'd rather not tell you? And if you're really just having a comfortable conversation with them about something that they're not super defensive over, it may not require a role, depending on how you approach it and who you are, Uh, which is why in this instance, Tan was actually the perfect candidate to go about this scene the way she did. Any other kind of of tricks may have required a roll. And of course, anytime you roll, there's a chance for failure. And so I just remember sitting back during that scene and really liking the fact that like you guys seemed to, as a team, just kind of naturally step back and let Tan take the lead there because it felt like Tan's element. Yeah. And as a player, something that I would like to point out is that the idea that the social operator is the only person who can talk to people can can end up being detrimental if you wait for the face uh, to say something every single time. Your game is might may become formulaic or lack that sort of dynamic nature that uh, makes RPGs so fun. And of course, whenever you're running for a table that's a little less comfortable with like dialogue, role playing, and uh, and really really like speaking as their character all the time. I I always allow the option if someone's like, you know, I think I could convince them. I don't know what I'd say. Can I just roll some dice and see if I pull it off? And if that were the case, uh, I may still allow someone to get a couple bonuses given the circumstances. Like, go, okay, well, go ahead and roll a social skill, which will be poor for you. But, you know, Hannah vouched for you, so take a boost. And, you know, you kind of look like someone who Nora can trust. You know, you like people that she does trust. So go ahead and take another boost for that. And I'll just make it an average check, you know, uh, to try and, like, lean into rewarding the situational circumstances as best I can uh, without really going through the steps of the the role-playing process. Uh, but there were a lot of other great scenes throughout this episode. Uh, so I'm curious, what was your favorite part? Uh, there were a lot of great scenes throughout this entire episode, but there was one small moment that I loved. Um, in the exhibitor, while everybody else is talking to each other and Tan is hungover and we're like learning about Grandella Fug's vision and all this stuff. There's not a whole lot of Oko around. And I know that as a player, I forgot that he went to go heal in an oil bath. Um, and so when Elkiri asks Oko to uh, come help Tan because she's hungover, Oko responds with, yes, of course, but they're a little frustrated for having to leave their oil bath again. And uh, Nick's delivery for that was just so on point. I really enjoyed it as I was listening to the episode again. Uh, again, I forgot that that was what Oko was doing and I laughed out loud. And so I, I had to make it my favorite part. But what about you? What was your favorite part? 
Uh, I think my favorite part for this episode is the inclusion of the essential NPCs, the barn swallows. Yeah. Uh, they were an opposing team uh, during the race around the world in series four. Uh, and they straight up were references to Star Wars when I made them for series four, right? <laughs> you got Hannah Solzin, who's a lot like Han Solo, Lucia Stratford, who's a lot like Luke, and then Shorkata, who's a lot like Chewbacca. And so when I decided to bring them in and put them into the Star Wars universe, it was like this weird fold, uh, folding of like a reference into a game where it was referencing and uh, and it felt like this hilarious like meta joke for me <laughs> as I stuck them in there, but I couldn't resist. And also, they're just really fun and cool characters um, that kind of became beloved during series four. So uh, I was also excited to put them back into uh, put them back into rotation in series eight. And uh, judging by the reactions I got from the players, uh, uh, they were really excited about it too. So um, I I think uh, the reveal of the barn swallows in series eight favorite moment for this episode. Yeah, they're great. I love them so much. But we've talked your ears off uh, enough. Uh, you guys are in the middle of sneaking into Chago Amaden's fortress uh, to recover his data core. So without further ado, let's move on in and listen to series eight, episode 12, The Underdogs of Narshada. Enjoy. I am Jaxamar Sorrell, human Jedi Sentinel. My Padawan training was patrolling the slums of Coruscant, rooting out the vicious gangs and bringing them to justice. With the guidance of Master LeWitt Rensmer, I learned to rely on my cunning to solve problems, passing my trials diffusing a hostage crisis the day the Clone Wars began. At the height of the war, I was called to the front lines alongside my oldest friend Dudo and his Padawan Elkiri. The idea of the Jedi as generals never sat well with me, and my greater fears were realized when the clones turned on us, and Dudo sacrificed himself so we could survive. His final wish was for me to take up the task of training Elkiri. With the destruction of the Order, it falls to me to ensure the Jedi live on through her. Though my training left me a capable warrior, I've had to quickly adjust in a galaxy where a lightsaber is a beacon for the Empire's most dangerous assassins. Thankfully. We found allies in the former Republic pilot Tan Mobuk and her droid Oko. She saved us after the Empire rose to power, and her ship, the Exhibitor, has been home for the last three years. The galaxy may be shrouded in darkness, but I believe the Force will guide us to a better future. The name's Mobuk, Lieutenant Tan Mobuk of the Galactic Republic Navy. Well, that's who I used to be anyway. Before all this happened, I was a slave, nearly died trying to fight my way out. And when the opportunity to join the Navy presented itself, you bet your ass I jumped like hell. Spent most of the Clone Wars chasing pirates. Found my bird, the Exhibitor, there, in fact. The up-and-ups let me keep her despite her, uh, modifications. And Oko, too. Others might just see a droid, but I know there's more under their shiny metal shell. Now, now we're just trying to survive. With Sorel and El Kiri on board, the Exhibitor will always have a target on her back. It'd have been a hell of a lot safer for us to run and hide. But safe never really was my MO. We've done some good helping out with the Hydean Underground. One day, though, I'm going to give the Empire a kick straight in the teeth for what they've done. To me, to Sorel, to Alkiri and Oko, and all the others they've crushed under their heel. They've won their war, but I've just started mine. Personal identification number 0K0 at your service. 
Master Tan refers to me as Oko. You may as well. There isn't much time. Please lean back. This will take your mind off the pain. I am told my past has been eventful for a droid. I was captured by roving pirates shortly after the start of the Clone Wars. They modified and reprogrammed me to accompany them on raids. My surgical laser was greatly enhanced for combat utility, and I was trained in the manufacture of stimulants and toxins. Please drink this. I witnessed many gruesome sights, but also interacted with all manner of organic life, occasionally even in a non-lethal capacity. Your species is particularly fascinating. So much blood. Upon my recovery, Master Tan allowed me to retain my memory. My years with the brigands, while regrettable, had instilled in me an appreciation for freedom and autonomy, ideals shared by Master Tan. My unusual modifications, coupled with her impressive piloting abilities, served us well as a Republic emergency extraction team until the clones turned on us and our three Jedi companions. As runners in the Hydean underground, we do what we can to hide good people from the Empire, but nowhere is safe now. Good news, there is a 38% chance that your injuries are non-fatal. Best of luck. I am Elkiri Kanti, Padawan learner. The Force has always been with me, even in the most trying of times, and I am continually surprised by the way the Force guides us all. That it saw fit to match me with Master Jaxamar Sorrel, Sentinel, and perhaps the last Jedi Knight. Just like my late master, Duto Noem, Jaxamar and I are an unlikely pair. I've always been more inclined to talk than to fight, and he has always been the other way around. After we escaped, we turned to Rushala, an old friend of mine from early in the Clone Wars. She helped us hide from the Empire when we were in need, and now, along with her, we formed the Hydean Underground to help save those who are under the thumb of, or worse, enslaved by the Empire. There's no war that can be waged against the Empire. The best we can do is to save those we can and avoid any engagement with the Empire's forces. I must admit, I can sense the apprehension grow in me as we approach every new rescue for the Hydean Underground. But with Master Sorrel, Tan, and Oko working beside me, and the Force with us, the Empire will never know we're coming. The last time we left the crew of the Exhibitor, they had landed on Narshada, the moon above the hut planet of Nalhutta, uh, also known as the Smuggler's Moon. There, Stello the Hutt gave them an audience, and while unwilling to allow the team access to her stores of data and information, she did set them on a path to collect the information of one of her main competitors, a man by the name of Chago Amadin. Uh, they poked around the seedy underbelly of Narshada. Uh, until they had enough information to make a move, uh, sneaking in uh, a compromised window in Chago's fortress. They found themselves in a storage closet, hearing the sounds of Chago's nightly hutball game outside the doors. Participating in this in this game are none other than the new friends of the crew of the Exhibitor, an up-and-coming hutball team by the name of the Barn Swallows. The four of you are in there. Uh, the airspeeder you took to the window has parked itself nearby, and the storage room you're in is pretty unremarkable, but the sounds of the hutball game are, 
are continuing loudly uh, as if the speakers are just right outside the door. The barn swallows take possession of the ball. Solzin moving into position. And oh, she's going to feel that one in the morning. The home team now has the ball. Finch passes it to Gatto. Gatto leaps over the fire trap just in time. Passes it to Leah. And score one for the home team. And was like, ah, yeah. Go, go, Jago, What do you guys do? I'm going to peek my head out the doors very slowly and see where we are in this fortress. Uh, you open up the door and your eyes are met with the flashing of yellow and, and uh, pink and green fluorescent light as uh, you find that you are uh, this storage closet is attached to the entertainment catwalks above the hut ball ring. Uh, you can look down through the graded floor below to see the hut ball uh, arena below. Uh, it is elevated above what looks like an electrified square pit uh, with a central platform uh, suspended by various catwalks that seem to have fire traps uh, littered amongst them. Uh, The central platform also has a ring of acid uh, uh, surrounding it. And um, these catwalks connect this central platform to uh, the the goal sides on either side. One is illuminated in purple and one is illuminated in yellow. Uh, you see the symbol of like a barn swallow above the yellow uh, goal line. And uh, the symbol of uh, of like some kind of uh, like worm creature uh, in the purple light. And you can actually see below, you recognize uh, uh, Hannah and Shorkata and uh, Lucius uh, and uh, Gearbox, the pit droid, uh, running around... Uh, jumping over these fire traps before they burst flame up. Uh, the fire traps seem to be on some kind of sequence, and they are uh, armed with blasters and weapons, and they are basically doing battle with the other team. They also have four faces uh, in, their, in their yellow colors uh, that you don't recognize who are attempting to assist them. Uh, you, you peek out just in time to see uh, the home team score, and Leah, the Twi'lek female who scored, uh, immediately throws the ball away from her as it detonates, and, uh, and another ball is uh, dropped from a, a central shaft into the middle of the arena again, and everyone starts reconverging on that central platform to try to get the ball. Are there any guards on these catwalks? Uh, it seems like the catwalks are actually pretty automated. You, you might actually have a pretty clear path uh, having taken this window, at least to get to another part of this same level. Okay. I will activate Seek thinking of Chago's database. Sure. Go ahead and roll it. I will flip a destiny point to be able to use these dark side points to use the power. Calling on the fear of failing here and in turn failing to achieve the destiny Grundello Fug has seen. Okay. Uh, yeah, you get a pretty good uh, uh, direction sense of where it is. It is on the same floor as these catwalks, um, uh, kind of opposite the uh, arena. Uh, you have to go, you kind of have to circumnavigate the arena along these catwalks and uh, and then go somewhere in that way. It's hard to say until you get there to see where how the hallway is running up, but it's mostly like a straight shot to the other side of the building. I'll wave the rest of the crew out and lead the way. Um, so I will need you guys to uh, roll an average uh, sneak check since not a whole lot of people are looking up this way, but uh, the stands seem to be pretty tall, almost reaching up to where these lights are. So there is a chance that someone sees you creeping around. Can we do a teamwork test? Yeah, you guys can teamwork test this. Uh, me and Tan will take the lead on this. Uh, and I will flip a dark side point uh, to upgrade one of those difficulty dice to a challenge. 
<laughs> that is four successes and four advantages. Whew. All right. Yeah. You guys uh, quickly and swiftly make your way around the edge of this arena, um, all the while watching as uh, the lights turn and, and you know you make sure you stop before they like pass over and would sh- shine a light on you. And you keep going. You make your way to the uh, uh, to the other side. There's a door uh, there that you can open up and like jump into a, a hallway nearby. As you do, uh, <clears throat> the game continues. The ball is back in the center of the arena. Gearbox of the Barn Swallows with a quick pick. That Pitroid is known for having one hell of an arm. The home team is going to have to cover him soon before he launches the ball. Ooh, Gearbox barely cleared the acid there. He's a little overextended. Finch and Gatto are catching up, and the Pitroid is surrounded. And oh, Shorkata the Wookiee with the sweeping clear out of left field. Finch is in the shock pit now, and how about them fireworks? Everyone's like, ah, ha, ha, yeah. Gearbox moving into position with the long pass. And there's Stratford with the catch. How was no one covering the lower catwalks? Stratford's got an open path, clears the fire trap, and score one for the barn swallows. And there's a mixture of ah and boo. And then the door shuts behind you, and it's like soundproofed. It completely cuts off, uh, cuts you off from the game. Uh, and you're now in a relatively uh, like a moderately lit hallway that seems uh to wrap around only in one direction to the left so you make your way that way um your seek letting you know that you know you need to kind of go through this wall in front of you <laughs> uh so you wrap around to the left there um and uh you guys are able to get in position and hear uh footsteps uh down the hall a little ways i pull out my blaster can i use my force power sense to see how many there are? Uh, yeah, go ahead and roll that up. I got two light side points. Okay, so uh, you sense three humanoids uh, down the hall from you, and you can actually hear them kind of talking a little bit, bemoaning the fact that they're on guard duty during the uh, during the hutball game. You know, I always feel like I, I always end up being the one who, who pulls the short straw on this, right? I, I never get to see the games. <laughs> Look, it's a fair process, random draw. You know, you're just unlucky. What can I tell you? Yeah, I do have pretty bad luck. <laughs> Someone can peek around the corner and see, like, down the hall, there's there's two guys kind of leaning and talking, uh, and the other guy um, looks like he's actually supposed to be standing there. He's, like, kind of standing at, like, a, at like a corner junction, and he, he actually pipes up and goes, shouldn't you guys be, like, patrolling somewhere else? <laughs> the, I was assigned to this corridor. Yeah, but there's nothing happening on the other corridor. Well, then why don't you just, like, skip and go watch the, uh, watch the game from the catwalks? No one's going to know. I'm going to flip a destiny point and say that there's vent access near us. Yep. There's a, there's a vent there. You can actually see where it comes out at the end of the hallway. Uh, I'm going to climb up in the vent and see what I can see closer to them and see if maybe there's more guards around the corner from them or what the situation is closer to them. Sure. You, uh, you go around the vent. Um, uh, it connects nearby where they are. You're kind of now above them. And they're arguing now about, like, you know, well, if you're going to go watch it from the catwalk, then I'm going to come with you. Well, someone's got to stay and watch guard. Uh, and uh, you look around. There's no one else, like, uh, around the corner where they're standing. It seems like they, these might be the only three guys uh, guarding this section. Um, and your sense of where <clears throat> the... Uh, offices is uh past these guys down about halfway you see a large double door i will whisper over my comm link that there's no one else around these guards if we can take them out quickly and quietly we should have a clear shot to the database i will 
take a deep breath and step out into the hallway in plain view of them? It takes them a second. I'll just move towards them. Yeah, a couple steps in, they're like, hey, wait, hey, hey, who are you? And then I'm going to use the influence power on the two who sh- look like they shouldn't be here. Uh-huh. And say, everything is fine here. You should get back to patrol. Uh, go ahead and roll an easy opposed check. Um, that is one challenge day. And there is no other way, as far as we can tell, there's no other way out. So when they patrol, they'll come back towards where we are, correct? Uh, possibly. They might go down around the corner where Sorel is looking. It's, it's hard to tell. There's, there might be an elevator nearby that they go. Okay. Um, when I hear Elkiri say that, I will, as quietly as possible, possible, shove Oko into the vent and climb in after. Okay. So I generated two light side points and then uh, one success and two advantages. Yeah. We should get back to patrol. And uh, they go walking down... Uh, down the ways towards uh, uh, where Jacksonmar can see, kind of towards that double door, and they go past it to where there seems to be like a turbo lift, and they like kind of open it up and go walking in there. Uh, the third guy kind of sees them go, looks at you, and goes, "Should I know you?" I'm gonna try to use the influence power on him. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I'm gonna say, "You're underappreciated. You should go watch the game." Uh, go ahead and roll an easy opposed check. I will flip a destiny point to make it a challenge day. Four successes, including a triumph, one threat, and two light side points. Yeah, he uh, lowers his, his pistol that he like kind of had like half drawn on you. And he goes, you know, I'm underappreciated. I'm going to go enjoy the game. And he brushes past you and goes walking towards the catwalk. I breathe a sigh of relief. Does he have any like ID card or keys on him or anything? That's Potentially. Hard to tell completely, but yeah. I mean, and uh, Elkiri rolled a, uh, a triumph, so if you wanted to get something else out of this guy, you probably could. And leave your key card. Sure thing. And he uh, reaches in his pocket and just kind of like tosses his key card onto the floor and goes walking uh, towards the catwalks. I go pick it up. Uh, yeah. I exit the vent and put a hand on Elkiri's shoulder. Good work. Thank you. We head towards the double doors. Uh, yeah, you guys make it to the door. You have that guard's key card and you just swipe it and the door beep opens up and, uh, you find yourself in a, in an office with kind of a circular, uh, structure to it. And the, uh, walls directly opposite you are windows and you can see the, uh, the streets below the slums below. Like it has like a nice view of, of like the area and you can see like some airspeeders zipping, uh, zipping around at this, at this level. Um, and, uh, uh, in front of those windows are uh, a large desk with a couple, uh, terminals and, as you guys kind of step in and the door shuts behind you, there's a and uh, you look uh, to the left and to the right and uh, the walls, like the corners of the walls begin to move and you see as uh, uh, stepping out of like the paneling of the wall, uh, six battle droids with dark armor and uh, and vibro swords and blasters. You recognize these as BX commando droids. Everyone, roll initiative. <laughs> did anyone get uh, higher than a one? I did. Two successes, three advantages. Using rapid reaction, I suffer one strain and add one success to bring my total to two successes and five advantages. Okay. Two point zero. 
I got one success with the triumph and one advantage. Okay. Uh, so they will have a turn, then you guys will have three, then they will go again, then you will go, and then they'll finish off the round. Uh, these commando battle droids, you've encountered them once or twice before um, in your travels. Uh, they are uh, modified versions of the standard B1 battle droid. They're still kind of small and spindly, but their articulation and agility is highly advanced. And even just looking at these ones, uh, they look pretty pristine and pretty well-maintained. Uh, in fact, possibly a little modified to be extra deadly. And these things were already pretty deadly as far as separatist battle droids go. A uh, blaster carbine in one hand and a vibro sword in the other. Two of them, uh, uh, the two of them that are kind of behind and to the left of you guys, uh, leap forward into action, kind of flipping up, jumping onto the, uh, uh, jumping onto the uh, furniture nearby, and they are going to take a shot at. Uh, they are going to take a shot at Tan. Uh, and Tan, you are thoroughly surprised, uh, being a little, uh, uh, hearing the motions, but not looking at these ones behind you. You look at the other two groups that were on the other side of the room. You turn around just in time to get hit for 10 damage and crit. Uh, you are now off balance, so you will have to add a setback to your next skill check. Uh, as this, uh, this shot, uh, these shots ring out from these battle droids, uh, and they clip you in the shoulder and you kind of spin back and, uh, bump into like a table nearby, like knocking over a lamp. Uh, it's your guys' turn. Uh, yes, I'd like to shoot back at the droids that <laughs> shot me. Fair enough. Uh, go ahead. They have an adversary rank of one, uh, but they are at short range. That's five successes with a triumph and three advantages. And I'd like to use those three advantages to crit. Okay. And how much damage does your... Twelve. Yeah, they're dead. Uh, you blast both of them away. Uh, two quick shots and you, you take the heads off those clankers. And, uh, and what do you want to do with that triumph? Uh, I'd like to open up uh, another one of the groups to an attack, upgrading the next allied check. Yeah, you uh, you take a couple shots, and like that uh, that lamp that you had knocked over is like about to trip you up, and you just kind of kick it out of the way, and it smacks into the chest of one of the uh, the commando droids. It's like Roger, Roger. Uh, and then I'd like to sidestep and take cover. Okay, yep. You use your two maneuvers on that, and it's your guys' turn. I will spend a maneuver to get to engage range with the group closest to the rest of my allies. Yeah, you you uh, you rush in. It's uh, it's the other one on the on the right of the door that you came in from. Uh, you move in to engage with them. They brandish their vibro swords at you. Uh, and I'm going to take two strain to aim, and then I will strike at them with my lightsabers. Okay. They have an adversary rating of one, and uh, they also have a defense of one in melee. Uh, and I will flip a dark side point to upgrade the difficulty of this check. And I will ebb as I strike out. Okay. That is one success, three advantages, and a despair. They, if they live, they add three threat automatically to their next checks before my next turn. How much damage did you deal? I deal 18 damage. Uh, yeah, you carve, you carve both of them in half pretty quickly. Uh, and I will spend this advantage that remains to recover strain. Okay. As you cut through the second one, its blaster goes off and uh, shoots through one of the window panes. Uh, sprinkling glass down to the uh, to the streets below, and you hear a, what the hell's going on up there? And it's your guys' turn still. I'm gonna go and uh, 
I'm going to suffer a strain to activate improved center of being as an incidental, which means that until the beginning of my next turn, any attacks um, on me, uh, it makes it harder to crit. And then I'm going to use draw closer. So I'm going to literally move them, pull them, move them toward me and slash at them with my lightsaber. All right. You pull at them with the force, uh, with your, with your open hand, igniting your lightsaber and getting ready to chop them down. So I got one force point, which allows me to do it and three successes. How much damage is that? 10. Yeah. You reach out with your free hand, pulling these last two commando droids, uh, up close, and you flourish your your blade out of your boot, spinning it around, and uh, you cut both of them clean in half, and their uh, their pieces fall around you. I guess we have to get what we're here for. I take the holocron out, and I will look for the place to plug it into. Yeah, you uh, you look around a little bit, and then you uh, you kind of like set it on the data core, or you set it on like the main drive of this terminal. Uh, and it begins to light up, and the image of Grundello Fug appears, uh, and he goes, all right, give me a moment to access the data core. It's quite vast. Okay, I have it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll need some time connected to it to cross-reference this data against my original knowledge. I would like to go out and disable the elevator directly to the side of this office. Okay. Uh, you go down the hall, you get to the elevator, and right as you get to it, it opens up, and there's uh, four people in it. Because of your previous scouting of the area, you recognize one of them to be kind of a like uh, an officer above the others. He has a blaster carbine in hand, uh, and then there's uh, three grunts with blaster pistols, um, all of which are wearing like the uh, the security armor with the faceplates, and uh, they like visibly are shocked when they see you. <laughs> I would like to use my Fear the Shadows ability. Okay. Uh, and I will send a wave of fear at them through the force and tell them, please, walk away. Yeah, so go ahead and, uh, and roll that hard deception check. I'm going to flip a destiny point to upgrade my check. Okay. That's failure with three advantages. Okay. Uh, so you say that and the uh, sergeant like kind of scoffs uh, and is like, like hell. And then he turns and he sees like the three guards around him kind of looking at each other like they were about to take you up on it. And he goes, right, boys? And they're like, uh, yeah, yeah, like, like hell. Um, and uh, they are going to be suffering the effects of fear, but they will stay engaged in, in combat with you. Uh, and um, uh, the guy with the blaster rifle is going to try and shoulder charge you and make uh, make you move back so he and his guys can get into the hallway. I will suffer a strain to dodge and upgrade the difficulty of his check. And I will flip a dark side point uh, to upgrade his check. All right, so he fails to deal any damage to you, but with his three advantages, he will move you back uh, into the hallway uh, and uh, kind of like shove you off his shoulder and like leveling his rifle. And uh, we're back at the top of initiative. It's your guys' turn. More fighting, Master Tan. And I attempt to heal Tan. Three successes and five advantage. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's five strain and three wounds healed for you, Tan. Thanks, Oko. Uh, and it's still your guys' turn. 
I will ignite the lightsabers I have in my hand and try and use Fear the Shadows again. And I will say, I don't want to fight you. Uh, go ahead and take a boost to this one. Uh, and I will flip a destiny point to upgrade this check. Right. <laughs> one advantage. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can use that to heal a strain. I will spend my maneuver to sidestep. Okay. The uh, the three guys kind of coming out of the elevator, like they see the lightsaber ignite and they're look again, look like they're about to like step back and like they look like they're second guessing things. And the uh, the the leader of them says, uh, there's four of us and one of them. We can take them out. Go. Uh, it's still your guys's turn, though. Hearing that, uh, I'd like to rush through the door into the hallway. Okay. Was the elevator, like, right next to this room? Uh, the elevator was at medium range from the door where you were. Will it take two maneuvers to go through the door and get into short range? No, that will just take one. Okay. So, yeah, I'd like to get into short range. Okay. And then I'd like to take a shot at the leader. Go for it. He has a defense of one. That is seven successes and one advantage. That is 15 damage, <laughs> piercing two. And then I'd like to sidestep uh, to the edge of the hallway. Okay, yeah. You uh, run up uh, behind Jaxamar, taking a couple shots, and you hit this dude clean in the shoulder, and he stumbles back, nearly falling over from the from the shot. Um, but he is still standing, and it is their turn. The three uh, guards behind are going to panic shoot at, uh, at Tan, uh, too afraid to shoot at the person with lightsabers. <laughs> They do still manage to hit you, but just barely with seven damage. Uh, just kind of like clipping you in the leg as you as you push yourself up against the uh, uh, against the wall. Their shots are wild. It's just pure luck that they nicked you. And it's your guys' turn again. Okay, I'd like to take a ba- one of the battle droids and fling it <laughs> at the um, underlings. Just like push them back into the elevator instead of like murder them. Sure, sure. So uh, I'm going to take um, a strain. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it at medium range. Okay. Uh, and I'm gonna take a, a strain to aim twice, and then an additional strain to um, continue my um, improved center of being as a free action. Okay. Yeah. So you step out into the hallway, reaching back with one hand, uh, uh, reaching through the force to grab the, the husk of one of these commando droids uh, so that you can fling it out at these guys down the hall. Uh, and you get a boost because they're scared. So I, I generated enough force points, and then uh, also it is one success. So, yeah, you hurl this, uh, the top half of one of these droids. It knocks one of the guys clean in the head, uh, knocking his helmet off, and he stumbles back, and his other two friends try to catch him, and they kind of lose balance and fall into the elevator. <laughs> the sergeant, kind of ducking underneath this flying battle droid, is going to all, go, all of a sudden go, oh, they're actually Jedi. And uh, he's going to step back a couple step paces and fire wildly at you, uh, Jaxamar. I will dodge, uh, upgrading the difficulty of his check a second si- uh, a second time after my sidestep. Now I will flip a dark side point to upgrade his check. Uh, so he will hit for 11 damage. I will use reflect to reduce that damage. Okay. Uh, he fires a, 
a spout of uh, of blaster fire, um, and you deflect a whole lot of it with both of your lightsabers. Uh, he ducks under a couple of the reflected bolts and then manages to uh, to kind of hit you in the gut with one of his shots. Uh, and then he starts making his way towards the elevator as well. Uh, it's your guys' turn. Sorrel, I'm going to take another shot at the captain. Okay. That is three successes and one advantage. Uh, he's down. Yeah, you blast him in the back just as he's setting foot in the elevator, and he stumbles into the uh, uh, into the elevator with the one unconscious man and the two who are kind of like panicking in the corner. And it's your guys' turn still. I will zip forward, and I would like to send the elevator to the highest floor and lock it there. <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead and roll. We'll call it a hard computer's check, uh, since you're doing it in the middle of combat. Three successes, one of which is a triumph. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you zip in. Uh, the other two are like, ah, and they take a couple shots at you, and you zip around uh, dodging the shots. You open up a panel, uh, put in your uh, slicing gear, uh, spin the uh, the terminal around a little bit, and then duck out. Not only did you succeed in, um, in sending the elevator up and putting it into a lockdown sequence at the top floor, um, but you've also supercharged the circuitry uh, so that no radio communications can go in or out. That should buy us some time. I'm going to go check on uh, Grandello Fug. I will use Seek to see where Chago is. Uh, yeah, you you have enough time to kind of like reach out in the force, think about Chago. He's still watching the game. Uh, apparently no one, no one hailed him. Uh, as you walk back into the office, uh, Grandello uh, opens his eyes and goes, hmm. It would appear that the man in my visions once served as an imperial science officer. His name is Lesher Diggs. According to these records, uh, approximately two years ago, a bounty was discreetly placed on Mr. Diggs for deserting the imperial military. It appears this bounty was never collected. According to the data, a bounty hunter by the name of Agos Lodge made some inquiries regarding Lesher Diggs, but odd... It appears Mr. Lodge was pursuing the bounty with some fervor before abruptly ceasing all inquiries. He's now retired and owns a cantina on the Aralax trading post in the Outer Rim. Is everything all right in the hallway? Yes. Do you have everything you need, Master Fug? Yes, I have a full copy of all of the data. I will detach the holocron and destroy this terminal. Yeah, you pull the holocron off, uh, the image of Grandello Fug disappears, and you uh, slash with your lightsaber, uh, carving this terminal in, in two, uh, sh- uh, frying it. Uh, then me and Tan will take the lead back to where we came in. Okay. Uh, you guys go down the hall uh, a little ways. Uh, you, sneak, you quietly open up the door. Um, looking around, you can see the one guard that Elkiri sent. He's standing uh, on the other side of the catwalk. Uh, he hasn't noticed you. He's pretty far away. Um, but the uh, the sound from the Hutball game uh, uh, attacks your ears along with the lights flashing. And uh, you hear, This has been one hell of a game, but down three men, the barn swallows are falling behind. They just don't have the field coverage. The score is 12 to 9 in favor of the home team. Only two minutes left on the clock. Solzin has the ball, passes it to Vex. Vex moves into, oh no, he did not time that well. Vex gets torched by the fire trap. Gotta keep an eye on that sequence, boys and girls. The barn swallows are now down half a team and are all but doomed. Did they not bring any alternates? Oh, the hubris. And everyone 
everyone's like, ah! <laughs> Looking down through the catwalks, who is down and who is still going for the barn swallows? It uh, looks like the four pickups that the barn swallows brought in are all down. It's just a very injured-looking Shorkata, a pretty scuffed-up and bruised Lucius. Uh, Solzin is trudging forward with a blaster shot in her gut, uh, and uh, uh, the pit droid gearbox is relatively unscathed, but they're, uh, they're being boxed out. Basically, Shorkata's just fighting off three guys in a corner, uh, very far away from the, where the ball is, and it looks like the, uh, the, the home team is uh, about to grab the ball from the center and continue just uh, what looks like a, a daisy chain of passing to make it to the goalpost, while the ball Barn swallows are too busy just trying to fight for their lives. Is there an easy route <laughs> down to the playing field? I mean, it's it's a bit of a drop, but uh, you know, there's cables around, and uh, or you can like jump down the stands and run down the stands. Uh, there's there's plenty of ways to drop down. Here's what I would like to do. Okay, <laughs> I would love to like fireman pole down a cable. Sure. Into the pit. All right, uh, go ahead and roll either coordinations or athletics. We'll call it an average check. I'm not wearing yellow, but I am yellow, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's four successes with two threat. All right, so you get a little bit of rope burn sliding down the cable. Uh, take two strain, but you do. You swing down. Uh, I want to land as close to Lucius as I can to protect him from any incoming volleys. Sure, yeah. Uh, you, you land back. Uh, he's kind of in a, in a blaster fight with uh, another guy on the other side of one of the catwalks. Uh, he's kind of pinned down behind like a sandbag, and you just kind of drop down right next to him, and he looks up, and he goes, Tan? <laughs> Looked like you need some backup. Yeah! (laughs) Uh, You can take a shot at the guy who's taking a shot at him. I definitely will. Go for it. (laughs) Short range, but behind cover. So uh, it's a setback. That's three successes and three advantages. So I'd like to spend the three advantages uh, to make sure he's down, but not lethally. Okay, yeah. Uh, You pop off a couple shots. He wasn't ready for it. He's popping up about to take a shot at Lucius, and he sees you there and hesitates, and you uh, shoot him in the shoulder, and he spins around and trips over the sandbags he was using as cover, and he plummets down into the electrified pit below, uh, which shoots up with uh, bright electricity. You see, like, three other bodies down there, like, jolting around and, like, going, like, (laughs) as he drops down, and he is knocked unconscious by the the non-lethal but strong current of electricity. Oh, and in a strange turn of events, this newcomer coming to the aid of the barn swallows. There's no rule that says you can't jump into the middle of a hot ball and join the team. Who is the strange person? Will we find out? Are the barn swallows still uh, doomed? It looks like Vex has just scored the 13th point for the home team. And uh, you, you hear the little uh, as the uh, hot ball explodes uh, on the other side of the court. And uh, nearby you uh, in the, on the center panel, another hot ball drops into position. And Lucius looks at you and goes, I'll go long. <laughs> and he starts, he like uh, runs up and uh, what he does is he runs along one of the upper catwalks and then kind of swings down, grabbing onto one of the, the poles there and uses that to like vault himself over like a pretty large gap that's a bit wide for a, uh, a kid his size to clear. Uh, but he does manage to just barely land uh, with his heels just slightly off of the uh, next platform. And he kind of rolls into it and then jumps through uh, right as one of the fire pits shoots up fire and he lands on the other on the other end and puts his hands up open <laughs> uh, Oko you you do know, know that there's actually the only one rule in Hutball is don't kick the ball cheating is encouraged yeah I look down at Tan and I say 
that was ill-advised. And then I jump down and <laughs> uh, heal Solzen. Nice. All right. I'm not going to make you roll a coordination or athletics check because your repulsors uh, uh, ma- make you pretty exceptionally good at, at dropping from high heights. Uh, so you kind of just like coast down on your on your repulsors and kind of skid down nearby Solzen, who um, just finished punching one of the home team uh, off of uh, catwalk and he stumbles and falls into the electrified pit and she drops down like clutching, uh, clutching her side, trying to see what's going on with Lucius. He, she heard the announcement and then you drop down right in front of her and she's like, ah, and like pulls out her blaster and then realizes it's you. Please remain calm. <laughs> <laughs> Heal eight wounds and three strain. <laughs> she, she, you say please remain calm and you stab her in the neck with like with a stim and she like lets out a shout and then the cold toast streams in and she like her eyes like kind of clear up and she stands a little more straight dropping her her hand away from uh, uh from her her gut wound and she goes thanks go get him <laughs> <laughs> You say that, and she snaps, too. She immediately turns, drawing up her second pistol, and starts laying down fire around where Shorkata is as he is uh, in melee combat with three of the home team's uh, members. Uh, getting, like, stabbed in the shoulder, he pushes one of them off, who gets shot by Hannah, and he's like, and, uh, and like, points his weapon at you, uh, <laughs> Oko, before swinging it around to, like, cleave someone in the side. Oh, and, a, and another addition to the Barn Swallow team. Looks like they had some tricks up their sleeves, folks. Some alternates waiting in, uh, until the last moment. Bold play. Let's see how it turns out for them. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to, as quickly and safely as possible, get engaged with as many members of the home team as possible. So there's two on Shorkata, and then there's the daisy chain of uh, one that's kind of on the central platform uh, who's dashing for the ball that Tan is nearby. Uh, and then there's the other one on like the mid catwalk waiting for the pass. And then there's the final one that's nearby the goal line who is waiting for the, uh, the scoring pass. I will get as close as possible to the one making the play for the ball. Sure. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll a coordination or athletics check. Uh, we'll call it average because there's plenty of ways to get down. Failure with an advantage. Okay. Uh, so you just take one strain. You slide down on a cable, getting uh, getting a little burn on your hand as you kind of drop and roll uh, in front of this guy who's sprinting towards the, uh, the ball at the center. Uh, what do you do? I would like to trip him up. Okay. Yeah, you can roll uh, either brawl if you want to like you know kind of like kick his leg out from underneath him, or if you just want to like position yourself in a way that he trips up himself with his momentum. Since you've surprised him, uh, you could roll coordination or athletics. I will use coordination. Uh, it'll be a hard check, and I will ebb as I do. So that is one success, uh, and I will not flip any destiny points to use all of the dark side points I generated. <laughs> Okay, yeah, you do trip him up. He kind of uh, stumbles forward, uh, losing his momentum towards the ball. Uh, very, very confused. Looking around Jaxamar, you also see there's there's a bunch of like melee weapons sprawled around in the central platform. Like there was a bit of a scuffle before a bunch of people got knocked off of the uh, central platform. Do any of them look like they would use the same skill set as a lightsaber? Yes, yes. One of them is just a straight up normal sword. I will pick up the sword if possible. Okay, uh, Elkiri? I, too, will jump down. (laughs) Okay, where are you jumping to? So can I um, sort of be the next person in the daisy chain? Yeah, yeah. Uh, So you got Tan uh, moving in on the central ball. You 
got Lucius who kind of jumped into the midfield on the catwalk. But uh, right now, no one's in position to stand in the in the goal, uh, which is the method that you saw the enemy team using, where one person stands on the central platform, one stands midfield on the catwalk, and then one stands uh, in the goal line. Uh, so you can drop right down there, yeah. I will do that. And another! And another! It turns out the Bond Swallows have a very interesting strategy for this game. You can go ahead and roll an average uh, athletics or coordination check. Two advantages. Uh, yeah, you drop down there, no problem. Nice and open for, for Lucius uh, to pass to you. Shortcata continues fighting with the with the two that are uh, on him. Uh, Solzin, seeing your guys' positioning, moves to try and cut off the one enemy player who uh, was in the Barnswallow goal field. Uh, starts like laying, she starts like unloading her blasters at him so that he has to dive for cover and can't continue to advance. And the guy who's kind of in the midfield there uh, begins making his way towards the platform and uh, from below, climbing up around the catwalk um, gearbox, kind of pokes his, uh, his pit droid head up, his little one lens eye like looking up. And he's like, and he grabs onto the person's ankle with his tiny little claw hand and he just face plants and like can't seem to like pull himself away. Gearbox just kind of holding onto the catwalk with one arm and this guy's ankle with the other and he's just like unable to clear his foot. Um, Tan, uh, Jaxmar's giving you an opening for the ball. Is anyone attempting to hurt Lucius? Uh, <laughs> uh, at the moment, no. Uh, uh, okay. The closest threat to Lucius right now is the man who Jacksonar just tripped up. He's not even. He's closer. He's more of a threat to you than to Lucius at this point. Perfect. Um, I will dive for the ball. Sure. Yeah, you can get there easy enough. Uh, and toss it to Lucius. Uh, yeah. So he is at long range, and this is a ranged light test. That's failure with five advantages. <laughs> okay, so uh, you throw the ball. It doesn't fly off of the catwalk into the pit um, or anything like that, um, but it does land on the other end of the fire trap that uh, Lucius had gone to, uh, and it kind of rolls to a stop there right on the edge of that catwalk, um, uh, not falling into the electric pit. Would you consider this medium range from me? Yeah, yeah, you're at medium range from where Lucius is. I'd like to use the move power to make the ball start just rolling. <laughs> Maybe bounce? Sure, yeah. Okay, if yeah, if you want to augment where her where it lands, you can you can roll a move test. Okay. Uh, I rolled um, two light side points. Yeah, so it lands and uh, instead of it kind of like rolling to the edge of the catwalk where it was going to end. Uh, instead, uh, it bounces up and kind of curves, changing its its direction. And you hear uh, Guy Finnegan go, oh, she put quite a spin on that one. And uh, it flies up and Lucius reaches over the, the fire trap, catching it and pulling his hand out of the way just as the, the column of flame shoots up. And he immediately turns and throws it to you, uh, Elkiri. And uh, it's a it's like a pretty decent pass and it lands like right at your feet and bounces up into your, uh, into your gut and you, you catch it and you're standing in the goal line. And, like, er, and Guy Finnegan goes, and there's another point for the Barn Swallows. The score is now 10 to 13 with only a minute and a half left on the clock. Everyone cheers. A couple people boo. The people are stomping. Throw it. Get rid of the ball. <laughs> uh, your uh, master's voice rings out over it all and you look down and you see a woo 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 
as the uh, hot ball begins uh, to get ready to explode. And I throw it up in the air. And it uh, blows up in front of you, kind of like raining down harmless shrapnel. Uh, And uh, you look back to Lucius, who looks back to Tan, and um, Shorkata fells one of the two guys around him. Hannah keeps the pressure on the the player in the Barn Swallow goal line. Uh, and the guy who uh, Gearbox is holding on to is like kicking at Gearbox's head and he just like, his head's like just kind of like twitching with each kick like he doesn't even feel it and he's just like become like uh, an ankle bracelet for this guy attaching him to this catwalk. Uh, Jacksonmar, the guy who you've tripped, uh, turns around and uh, swings a vibro axe at you. I will suffer one strain to dodge and upgrade the difficulty of his check. Uh, He just barely manages to hit you, uh, doing five damage. As uh, as this Vibrax hits you, you realize that the current going over it is powered down and its edge is relatively blunted. And it just kind of like clips you uh, uh, across the like shoulder, uh, more bruising than than slashing. I looked down at the sword I have. Is that the same case? It is. It is like a, a blunted sword. It will deal uh, much less damage than a normal weapon would. I'm going to disable this guy with this sword. Okay. I will spend my maneuver to aim. Okay. Uh, and I will flow. Sure. It's a failure with two advantages, uh, and I will not use the dark side points I generated. Okay. I'm going to use the advantages to recover strain because I'm starting to feel pretty winded. Sure. This uh, this guy is uh, pretty large uh, uh, for... A- for a human. He's very broad shoulder, very muscular. Uh, you go, uh, deftly swinging this sword at him and he parries and like hooks the sword with his, uh, uh, with the, the ax and like pushes it down to the ground and like butts shoulders with you and like growl, like grits his teeth and goes, who the hell are you? And, uh, uh, guy Finnegan goes, and it looks like the newcomers picked up a sword and is, is engaged with Gatto. Watch out there, newcomer. He packs a punch and was like, Oh, Gatto, Gatto, Gatto. And, uh, uh, a ball drops from the, uh, from the center into the platform nearby where you are tan. Uh, Oko, uh, Solzin is taking up cover. She's, uh, pelting, uh, uh, one of the enemies from afar with, uh, with gunfire, uh, not too far from you on a catwalk over, uh, gearbox is holding on to the ankle of another player. And then to the other side, uh, uh, short is, uh, locked in combat with one more, uh, player. What do you do? Does anyone seem injured? No, all of them, except for gearbox is relatively unharmed. The Wookiees are rather fascinating. I will heal short as he is engaged with the enemy. Okay, because of your repulsor lifts, you're able to like kind of use your upper, your uh, elevated position on this catwalk to uh, safely traverse down to a lower catwalk, and then safely traverse from there onto another catwalk where Shorkata is clashed with this guy. And uh, yeah, you can roll a heal test. Uh, does he have more wounds than half his threshold? Yes. I heal eight wounds and one strain. Uh, yeah, you, uh, you go up and you, you stick a, a Colto pack into Shorkata's cav and, uh, uh, he parries one of the, uh, one of the enemy's attacks and goes, and turns around to like kick at you. Don't look, keep fighting. (laughs) 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 And he turns back, uh, blocking another blow and, uh, and pushing the other guy back. Ten, what do you do? I'm near where the ball dropped again, right? Yep. I will, will make another dive for it. Yeah, yeah, you can uh, run over, grab it, and then it's another ranged 
attack at long range to get it to where Lucius is. And the Twi'lek is going for it again. One minute left on the clock. Can the barn swallows do this? That's six success with two threat. All right. Uh, you wrench your arm a little bit, taking two strain as you panic huck this thing. Uh, it arches wide. Uh, Lucius takes a couple steps back, reaching out off the catwalk. One leg kind of uh, outstretched to balance himself as he catches this thing and like lurches his body back, spinning and hucking it towards uh, Elkiri. Elkiri, this one uh, lands straight into your chest. You kind of have to like cup it against you, uh, taking a step back. I throw it up. <laughs> uh, the crowd uh, cheers as the as the horns blare and the lights flash, indicating that you scored. And then you immediately throw it off to the side, and it and it explodes. <laughs> Eleven to thirteen, with one minute to go, the barn swallows might yet pull this off with the help from your from your like influx of medicine. Uh, Oko Shorkata, uh, having just parried the guy, reaches out, grabs him around the waist picks him up and spins around and throws him uh, uh, throws him into one of the fire traps, which turns on and torches him. And then uh, Solzin uh, is continuing to lay down cover fire, but that uh, one player does manage to like jump up and take a couple shots at her, and she finally has to stop her stream and like take cover herself. And that player starts advancing towards the central platform along the catwalks. And Gatto uh, shoves you off Jaxamar, raising his Vibrax in the air to slash down again. I will suffer a strain to dodge and upgrade the difficulty of his check. Uh, this time his axe swings down and you sidestep out of the way and it, cl- it clangs into the ground right by your feet. Um, and he actually opens himself up. You can have a boost to your next attack against him. Anticipating I'm going to need to go intercept the other player making their way to the ball, I'm going to use my Fear the Shadows talent on Gato. Uh, and as he opens himself up, I'll put the sword to his throat and send a wave of fear at him to try and force him to flee. Go ahead. And you have that boost. I'm going to spend a destiny point to upgrade this check. And I will, I will flow as I do this. Okay. That's two successes, which are triumphs. <laughs> One advantage. And I generate three light side points, which I will use to recover strain. You put the sword to Gatto's throat. It looks like he's about to continue fighting. Uh, and then, like, something in your in your look as you flow the force uh, around you, like, uh, you see his eyes, like, get wide. And, like, uh, he, like, takes, he drops his Vibrax, steps back, uh, puts his hands up, and uh, uh, just sprints uh, down one of the catwalks. And he actually careens into the player who was advancing while shooting at Hannah. Uh, and that player, uh, stumbles back and falls off of the catwalk into the, into the, uh, into the electric pit, blue and white light shooting up from below, uh, as she is knocked unconscious. Uh, and then he also in his stumbling, panicked fleeing, uh, fleeing of the arena, uh, just like kicks the dude who uh, was fighting uh, Gearbox and that person gets knocked unconscious and Gearbox just kind of like pulls him off and drops him into the electric pit <laughs> and then climbs up onto the catwalk himself and uh, and the crowd's going crazy and uh, Guy Finnegan's like, I don't believe it! I don't believe it! In, a, in an unprecedented turn of events, Gatto the Fearless has run from the arena, intimidated by this small man with a sword. I can't believe Leave it the shame, Gatto, the shame. And everyone's like, boo. 
<laughs> and like shouting and they're like, and with no alternates left, there's no one to impede the barn swallows, but the timer 45 seconds remaining on the, on the clock, three goals to win. Can they do it? Tan, the ball drops down next to you. You have 45 seconds to make three goals. Yep. I will send my one advantage forward as a boost. I huck that ball at Lucius. Yeah, you're standing in the middle waiting for the ball to drop. You catch it. You run up to the edge of the platform and you chart and you uh, chuck it at Lucius. No successes, one advantage. I can see Tan just slip a little bit and lose her footing. So as the ball starts to go in one way, I'm going to make it go another way, the way it's supposed <laughs> to go. Yeah, Tan, you ran to the edge of the platform to throw at Lucius, and you forgot that there's an acid ring around this platform, and uh, and you kind of have to like stop and like throw it as you're stumbling forward a little bit. Uh, and, and it goes flying uh, off to... It's about to go flying off to the side, but it actually leaves your hand in a strange direction. Uh, Elkiri, go ahead and roll that force power. Yeah, I generated three light side points. Tan's arm goes one way and uh, and the ball goes flying the other way um, as uh, as it lo- as it leaves her hand, flies directly into Lucius's uh, outstretched arms and he spins and throws it to you and you catch it. The lights blare, you toss it up in the air and another ball drops down. Uh, Tan, you turn uh, to uh, move back towards it and uh, Hannah Solzin is there catching it and she uh, waves at you to go uh, go a little bit and you hop over the acid pit and she tosses it to you. You toss it to Lucius. Lucius tosses it to Elkiri. Uh, and they're like, 15 seconds to go! Can they do it? And everyone's like, barn swallow, barn swallow, barn swallow! And uh, another ball drops. Uh, you guys move the daisy chain along as uh, Hannah keeps waving for you to go uh, tan and Shorkata gets in position, catches the ball, tosses it to Hannah. Hannah tosses it to you. You toss it to Lucius, and for the winning goal, right as the buzzer's about to go, Lucius tosses it towards Elkiri, and uh, in his excitement, uh, uh, he uh, kind of hooks it to the left, and uh, and Elkiri, you got to run for it and dive and catch it. Oh, man. Uh, so go ahead and roll either coordinations or athletics to make this catch. Uh, it will be an average check with a boost because, I mean, he was aiming for you. <laughs> Having zipped towards the end zone during the last two points, I will assist Elkiri by hovering and positioning my body between her and the ball so that it ricochets off of me and towards her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Elkiri, you're dashing forward trying to catch this. Lucius has been on point with all of his tosses. You weren't expecting this. Uh, The ball's curving down. You're afraid you're not going to be able to get to it before the buzzer goes. And then... uh, Flying from one of the upper catwalks, uh, Oko kind of just headbutts the the ball in your direction. Uh, go ahead and roll with his assistance. Can I make this a combined move check? Yeah, sure. You can throw the force into there if you want. Sure. Uh, so I will flip a dark side point to upgrade the difficulty of this. So I generated two light side points, four advantages, and a success. Yeah, you uh, <laughs> bouncing off of... Uh, uh, Oko's uh, head, the ball goes flying towards you. You kind of pull it a little bit with the force as you dive, uh, and it lands perfectly in your arms, and you hit the ground uh, uh, in the light of the goal section right as the buzzer goes off. Uh, And they're like, and 
the game is over. 14 to 13 in favor of the Barn Swallows. And everyone's like, oh, Barn Swallow, Barn Swallow, Barn Swallow. You should uh, leave. And that will teach the home team to disappoint Chago. Uh, Those that survived, that is. (laughs) And everyone's like, (laughs) Uh, and uh, and Lucius runs and jumps up into Shorkata's arms, and Shorkata hugs him. And uh, Hannah like runs up and like kind of like hugs the hugs the both of them and turn to you guys as uh, are you guys just bolting? (laughs) We're not there. (laughs) (laughs) We leave very quickly. All right, you guys start running back up the bleachers towards that. towards the entertainment catwalk uh, and you can get up there easy enough. I mean, there's like, it's like kind of difficult terrain uh, given the fact that like the crowd is trying to swell around you. Um, but they're all kind of giving, uh, giving Jackson uh, a somewhat wide berth. Cause they're not really sure what the hell just happened between him and Gatto. <laughs> and as you guys are running away and just as swiftly as they came mysteriously to the aid of the barn swallows, the four strangers disappear. What a night folks. What a night. Um, so you guys can get up there like shoving through the crowd a little bit and uh, you hear over the crowd as you're running uh, Hannah Souls and go, we owe you one. Uh, and uh, uh, they move in uh, to, towards like uh, towards an exit and you guys get up into the catwalk and that one guard is there like, oh, I didn't know you were part of the team. You should have said so. Good job out there. And he high fives you, Alkiri. It's yeah, I like wave as well. <laughs> <laughs> you, you wave and run by him and he's like, oh, okay. Hope to see you again sometime. <laughs> and you guys go uh, into the uh, into the storage room and uh, um, press the button on your comm link to summon your uh, airspeeder and climb into it. And you guys can make an escape. I will break the lock to the storage closet just in case. Sure. <laughs> Uh, as you guys are pulling away from uh, the fortress uh, and flying uh, flying away, uh, your comm link does ring, uh, Jaxamar. I answer it. Uh, it is Stello. Jaxamar, darling, I just thought I'd check in and see how everything was going. Everything went well. We're on our way back with your data. That's good. That's good. Uh, I'll be seeing you soon then. And I'm, I'm glad uh, everything went well. You know, it's, it's, you know, I know you guys have had a rough time of it lately. I mean, but it's like your master, it's like your old master used to say. Sometimes the sun rises when it sets. And uh, uh, she says, see you soon, and hangs up. Uh, and Jaxmar, you understand that phrase. Sometimes the sun rises when it sets. Uh, as a code word uh, that Master Rensmer and her contacts used to use. It's the phrase that they used whenever they were compromised. Uh, I believe the first time your master told you about it, she said, if I ever say that, it means I have a gun to the back of my head. And that's where we'll end our session. This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or specifically approved by the Walt Disney Company. Lucasfilm Limited, their subsidiaries or sister companies or any Star Wars license holder and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. Go to the official Star Wars website www.starwars.com for more information. The Edge of the Empire 
Age of Rebellion, and Forced in Destiny role-playing games are trademarked properties of Fantasy Flight Games, Incorporated. All rights reserved. For more information, go to www.fantasyflightgames.com slash en slash Star Wars RPG.